God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today's gospel story begins with fear and confusion. The disciples worry that they are seeing a ghost. They had heard reports from the women who went to the tomb. Cleopas and the other disciple who had been on the road to Emmaus had shared a story of seeing Jesus and breaking bread. But now Jesus was here, standing among his friends. They didn't know quite what to do, to think, to say. So he asks them, why are you frightened? And then he does something a bit strange, a bit wild. Jesus points to his wounds. He shows them his wounded hands and feet. Jesus' disciples in today's story knew him by his wounds. They know him when they see how he has been broken, how he is imperfect. Jesus shows them who he is by exposing his vulnerability. We hear echoes this week of last week's story. Jesus spoke to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. This story told in multiple Gospels, it's shocking really. Not something you'd expect. Just because we may already know the story, because this story has been told for so many centuries, just because we may already know this story does not mean that this story is not radical. We may just need to pay some attention. In Jesus' day, as in our own, people obsessed over bodily perfection. If you had a severe case of acne in Jesus' day, you could be judged a leper, sent out from your family, out from your hometown. The ideas of a strong, healthy, unblemished, and attractive, they were all valued with bodies then as they are now, whatever we mean by those categories. Yet here is Jesus, the risen Jesus, the Christ who has conquered death, God's beloved, standing before the disciples with his wounds on full display. Jesus' wounded body comes as a shock. The appearance of this broken and yet risen Christ is such a radical idea, such a strange teaching that it's been portrayed over and over again in Christian iconography and art. The theme has even been given a Latin name, Ostensio Vulnerum, Ostensio Vulnerum. Literally, this translates as the showing of wounds. I can't help but take the cognates into modern English. Jesus appearing to his disciples, showing his hands, his feet, It is a display of ostentatious vulnerability. These days, I I can't spend time with the idea of vulnerability without turning to the scholar Brene Brown, who I like to point out as Episcopalian. If you've not yet come across Brown's work, I recommend her to you. She's a faculty member at the University of Houston's School of Social Work. And she teaches and researches and gives TED Talks on questions of shame, leadership, and belonging. Brown writes that our world builds up a certain picture of strength. We often perceive strength as perfection, 
Many of us carry around an image of someone who has no flaws, who does not know weakness, who has never failed. Many of us reach and strive to be that person, and we all fall short. Most of us carry a form of perfectionism around with us, and most of us judge ourselves as wanting, never living up to the image. Brown's research debunks this strategy for living. You'll never live up to your image of perfection. Everyone fails, everyone hurts, everyone has wounds. What matters is what you do with your wounds. In fact, Brown says, the foundation of courage is vulnerability. The ability to navigate uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. It takes courage to open ourselves up. We don't find strength by ignoring our weakness, by shoving it aside. We only find strength when we are able to be ostentatious with our vulnerability, when we are able to know, embrace, and share our wounds. Theologically, Jesus' wounds should shock us. We believe that the resurrection is the beginning of the new creation. Jesus' body has not just been reanimated, but remade. God has raised Jesus from the dead, the firstborn of the new creation. Couldn't God have healed his hands and feet? Yet Jesus rises with his wounds. Jesus carries his painful experience forward. When you slow down and ask this question, why is Jesus' risen body still wounded? When you contemplate that question, something new can open up. Partly, I find it striking that Jesus shows his wounds as a way of identification, especially to those who are closest to him. Isn't it true that it's often to our closest family and friends that we are first able to expose our deepest vulnerabilities? Those who know us best, best know our flaws, know our weaknesses, know our hurts. The question, though, of Jesus' particular wounds take on a special theological weight because we talk about Christ's crucifixion as a saving death. In one of our Eucharistic prayers in the Episcopal Church, we quote the prophet Isaiah, By his blood he reconciled us, by his wounds we are healed. We remember Christ's body was broken for each of us each week here at this table. Jesus' wounds are a sign for us, a sacrament of his solidarity. No human being makes it through this world unscathed. We all, all of us, carry our scars. We all, all of us, have been wounded. Nothing we do will erase those experiences, will take away the past. Jesus' body is risen, but it still bears the marks of what happened. God chose to dwell with us. God chose to know our suffering. And God stands with us when we are wounded. God stands with us in the pain, in the confusion, in the hurt. God shows us the marks of God's pain. Jesus died for us. The marks of Jesus' suffering and death are carried forward. This experience of the wounded and risen Christ has the power to transform. 
When I was a young high school student, struggling to come to terms with my own sexual orientation and with the bullying I faced because of my perceived sexual orientation, I read a book by the theologian and priest Henry Nouwen entitled The Wounded Healer. Nouwen argues that it is only from our wounds, from our own experiences of loss, of pain, of suffering, that we are able to minister to others. If we do not have access to our own experiences of suffering, then when we try to reach out to others, we will always be inauthentic. If we shut away part of our story, we make ourselves less available to meet others in their pain, in their need. In our society, we are often motivated to hide our wounds, to cover up our imperfections, but Jesus offers another way. Jesus offers ostentatious vulnerability. Jesus offers healing. Our imperfections, our sorrow, our pain simply do not belong to us. We are not made to hide away and lick our wounds. We are not made to pretend it's all okay. We are made for community. We are made for vulnerability. We are made for love and to let others care for us and to learn to care for others. We can only truly encounter one another when we are able to say, I too have suffered. We are only able to love another's imperfections when we have given up on our own quest for perfectionism. We are only able to know God's love when we accept that God loves our whole story our whole self, even those parts we wish we could hide away. By his wounds, we are healed. Jesus' wounded body has profound meaning for our relationship with our own wounds, our own hurts. And Jesus' risen body also asks deep questions about the structures of our society. Verna Dozier was an Episcopal lay preacher. She had a career in the Washington, D.C. public school system, she was a graduate of Howard University two times over. And though she held no theological degrees, she became one of the most influential African-American theologians our church has ever known. Dozier points to some of the questions raised by Jesus' body, Jesus' supposedly imperfect body. She asks about what we call perfect. What do we lift up and hold and honor? What do we call less than, or imperfect, or wounded? Listen to Verna Dozier. In a world that exalts whiteness, maleness, youth, I live by a faith that whiteness, maleness, youth is not the best part of reality, nor the worst either, but only part of reality. And indeed, without blackness, femaleness, age, a very incomplete part. Notice her choice of the word, incomplete. The theologian is asking us to question why we lift up some identities at the expense of others. How can we live by a faith that builds up the whole of the human community? How can we know that without the whole, we are incomplete, we are less? We could ask a similar question of our own lives. 
Why do we lift up certain parts of our story and leave out others? Why do we hide certain aspects of our identity? Why do we minimize? Why do we cover up our wounds? Can we learn to stop? Can we live by a faith that embraces the whole of our human experience? Without Jesus' wounds, we would not have the whole story. Without those marks in his hands and his feet, the Easter message would be incomplete. The disciples today encounter Jesus with fear and confusion, and Jesus comes to them and shows them his wounds. I want to leave you today with the words of my friend, the Reverend Cam Partridge. Cam is one of our most prominent transgender Episcopal priests. He is the rector of St. Aidan's Episcopal Church in San Francisco. Cam's wrestling with Jesus' body and wounds, alongside Cam's own story of transition, it's taught me a great deal about bodies and the power of advocating for wholeness. Here are some words from Cam. This risen Christ stands in our midst and calls us to look to see the marks of the wounds in his body all around the world. Do not be overcome by fear, Jesus tells us, but see, reach out and touch, and do not turn away. Unlock those doors, fling wide the sanctuary, dear friends. Nothing can separate us from the love of God and the power of the risen Christ, who has vanquished death itself. Turn around and behold your own wounds. See and confront the persistent wounds of gun violence, racism, xenophobia, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, and ableism. Grieve your losses together. Support one another, but do not lock the doors of your hearts. I join with Cam in this call. What would it mean for the church if we told the whole story of God, the whole story of Jesus? What would it mean if we embraced the messy, frustrating, the imperfections? What would it mean for our faith if we knew deep in our bones that God stood in solidarity with the wounded, that therefore God stands with each and every one of us, what could it mean if we showed up, all of us, if our whole community stood together, if no one was left out? What would it mean for our world if we each showed up, our full selves, wounds and all? Do we have the courage to follow Jesus and to be that ostentatiously vulnerable? Amen.